everybody. Leanne and Mason here coming at you again with some different perspectives. I'm Leanne Holita. I'm an energy healer and a coach on manifesting. And Mason Holitza is my son, and he's grown up with the concepts of energy healing and manifesting and is a aspiring journalist and wants to uh, live a successful life and is trying to apply the law of attraction and all those things to how we're living life, right? It's one thing for me to tell you how to do it. It's a whole other thing to actually do it. Yep. <laughs> so we thought we would talk a little bit about the energy of people pleasing today um, and maybe a little bit what why we think what our perspectives are from each other's positions, why we do it, and um, what we might be um, exploring as far as you know, maybe not people pleasing as far as our manifesting space. Um, I personally am a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> How about you, Mason? Yeah, in <laughs> some capacity. Yeah, I don't think you've ever been that much of a people pleaser. I think you do what you want to do when you want to do it. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you even kind of take pleasure in people getting frustrated with you not trying to please them. Yeah. Sometimes. And a little bit of an, that inner antagonist in you. The, um, what's it called? The defiant disorder. <laughs> defiant disorder. <laughs> I don't believe you have that. I think you could get diagnosed with it sometimes, but I think, I think clinically speaking, you just like to be oppositional. That so Tell me more about that as far as the energy of being oppositional. Well, I think it's more of a um, an equal input, equal output thing. And I think it comes, especially when I'm working somewhere that has like uh, a big corporate backing, because I don't see my bosses as really losing anything if I'm not working my hardest. And I think that's probably a, a bad thing. Yeah, why don't you want to just work hard for yourself? I don't know. I think I'd like to dissect it. Well, I mean, seriously, like, so, you know, I mean, whatever you put into life is what you're going to get out of it, right? So if, you, if you're going to just try to do the easy route all the time, I do think it's human nature to try to have easy ways. But I also, I don't think it's, I don't think that it's necessarily a great manifesting thing to always succumb to your, inner ease <laughs> i mean i don't know i mean I, as far as when i work with people i definitely i try to align them with her you know their highest unique truth whatever they are coming for um whatever they have come here on the planet to do and put enough effort in to do it but i um you know don't necessarily um encourage people to not put effort into their own lives especially if they're going to show up for something the more you show up yourself, the more energy that builds. And then the more that you get response from the universe in a positive way. But if you say to the universe, I really don't feel like working or I don't really feel like doing anything. Well, the universe is going to be like, okay, well, clear your schedule. Let them lay in bed all day. <laughs> but that's not the truth, right? That's not what you actually want. Yeah. And I think that there's some kind of, um, I think with the more educated that we get about our past and kind of our natural living, like how we could be living in nature, if we were still living in nature, is coming back a lot. I've been seeing a lot of stuff like that. And I think there's some resentment around that. 
T- tell me more. Um, so it's like this movement where we think we might be, have been better off living in the forest without okay. our systems and that we worked less during that period. And I think that uh, primal instincts come a lot into our lives every day and we just don't acknowledge it, especially surrounding working. Right. But, but, you know, I think that there's the reason we are where we are with regards to any of our lifestyles is because of our motivation to work. Um, I mean, I think we wouldn't have evolved at all if we didn't have some sort of intrinsic motivation. I mean, but what is the motivation? That's, that's a good question. It's, I think it's changed over time. Well, what's the motivation to better our species? Why? Just why? Well, I think, I don't know about you, but I think when I look at people's consciousness, it's always a desire to be more of something, not necessarily in a greedy way or a consumptive way, but more like I want to be more of who I am. I want to be more of myself. I want to be able to see more of myself in the world. And if I if I see an absence of what I am in the world, I'm going to want to to do something to make that more visible to me. So, for example, me being an energy healer and having the experience of working, uh, you know, I have a full time schedule working as an energy healer and working in an office building where everybody was like, well, what's that weirdo doing? <laughs> right. So wanting to make it a little bit norm- more normal and more more space for all of us who are doing this kinds of work. And so I opened the healing studio. Right. So it wasn't and it hasn't been easy. It wasn't like I got to go, oh, yeah, sit back and relax. I mean, you helped me with the state of that building that we got. It was a mess. Right. Yeah, that was a project. Yeah. So, I mean, what would motivate me to do that? Um, to create something better for yourself is what the way I saw it at the time. And it was that you had a, a picture of what you could do. And this space wasn't going to stop you from doing it just because it was a big mess and nothing was okay. You just built up from a skeleton of a place. And I think so it, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to clean out a really gross building that had all kinds of garbage in it and paint walls. And I didn't want to do those things. They weren't like, I didn't wake up in the morning and go, man, that sounds fun. So what motivated me in your opinion? I think it was um, because you had always been bounced around to different locations. Like I think that you had never had a really place that you could call yours where you felt welcomed to work and you really wanted to build that and okay. people your specific work okay and i didn't do it i didn't do it to people please either i guess what i'm just pointing out is like that you know you're talking about not like getting back to nature or whatever i mean there's you know a motivation some people are motivated to get off the grid and to just do the basics get back to the basic living chop wood, carry water, right? And some people want to go on, you know, super yachts and fly in helicopters and have a really expansive experience that way. I don't think either one is wrong. I think there's some judgments from, that go across there. Um, but but it's, I think it's just who you came here to be and what you came here to experience. Well, do you think it's always based out of self-interest or do you think there's any kind of 
egalitarian uh, thought process that goes through. Because I there are some people who are just inherently uh, generous and want to give to other people. But I think that there is a part of everyone who is also selfish. Well, I think that selfish has gotten a bad name. I mean, you know, the people pleasing, we start off talking about people pleasing, right? I mean, if I live my life for everybody else and never for myself, that doesn't doesn't really serve me or the people who love me. But if I live my life in alignment with taking care of myself, doing what I enjoy and, you know, that kind of thing, then I, you know, I also, and then being of service at the same time. So having a service mind, right? Like I want to be of service to humanity at the same time taking care of myself. I don't think that that's, there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But um, I guess what that kind of means is going back to your point um, that everyone's inherent, just bettering yourself is inherently selfish, but it's not a bad thing. Yeah, well, and I, I, there's a Malcolm Forbes quote that I like to reference, which is hanging in your dad's office here where I'm sitting. It it says, the biggest mistake people make in life is not trying to make a living at doing what they most enjoy. We've talked about this before on our podcast. I guess what I'm trying to figure out for you is I didn't most enjoy painting walls and clearing up crap from an old rundown building. but I do most enjoy inviting clients to the, for my community into my space and having a nice, beautiful community space. Um, and so I'm willing to do what it takes to get there. I guess I'm just wondering, what are you willing to do to get where your vision is? Yeah. And I think that um, free thought is a big part of that. Just being able to expand the way that I think is a huge part of getting to where I want to be. And just being able to like see things from everybody's perspective and not have not be narrow-minded is one of my biggest challenges that I try and overcome. Okay. Well, so not being narrow-minded. Um, I mean, isn't it kind of narrow-minded of you to say there's some corporate thing above me, so I'm not going to work that hard? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I- but I would also say that it's kind of it's kind of a little both, but at the same time, I it's hard to break me out of that thought pattern. Yeah, well, so I used to work for a big corporation I won't name, and um, I, you know, have there were people in there who were totally hiding out in that corporate structure, who were like not working at all, but just pretending to work and getting paid well, and there were people like me who would work hours and hours and hours as hard as I could to try and get what was expected of me. Um, and I all, I almost always had a successful product line that I was working on, which, you know, even when it was expected not to be, I guess I'm just wondering, I mean, it doesn't mean they still didn't phase those products out by the way. <laughs> um, but, but, um, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I guess I feel like there has to be some motivation for yourself to, to conquer something and you know for yourself like can i do better than i did yesterday yeah and i think a lot of people will channel that into making people like them and back to our point of people pleasing i think a lot of people will channel i'm going to be better today and confuse it for i'm going to make more people like me today hmm 
right? But what if you weren't motivated by anything but judgment but your own? Yeah, and I think that's hard for people. I think that's it's it's not hard for some people, but I think that there's a lot of people who it's hard to like allow someone to dislike you because of making a better decision for yourself. Is it hard for you? Sometimes, yeah. So you so it's hard for you to be motivated unless somebody notices and praises you. No, I wouldn't say that's what I'm saying. I'd say that if I uh, if someone notices and praises me, I might feel a little better about what I'm doing right then, but I won't feel better about myself. Like, if I know I could have done better, then I'll still feel like a little bit of nagging. Okay. So might as well do it as best you can the first time. Yeah. And I think that comes into play with school a lot, too. So who are you most inclined to try and people, please? That's a good question. Um, I think friends a lot. I think that has been in high school, especially. And what kind of behavior did you do to try to get people to be pleased with you? I think uh, there would be certain times where a bunch of people would be watching a TV show and then everybody else who hadn't watched the TV show would watch it just to feel included. And I think that there was stuff like um, just like attaching to other people's hobbies, attaching to other people, like games that people would play just to get into hanging out with them or being in their circle. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So what about your, well, I guess I'll, I'm going to throw this out. What do you see me people pleasing? What do you see me do? Um, not sending your steak back at a restaurant when they do really bad. <laughs> <laughs> did that happen? When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Mason just turned 20, by the way. So he's now officially a 20-year-old here on this podcast. Um, yeah, okay. So do you think that's a people-pleasing thing or a conflict avoidance? I think it's a little both. Making okay. the waiter feel that, like he didn't do a bad job, but at the same time not wanting to have him, I don't know, possibility of him rejecting you for telling him that it's bad. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I, this is true. I'm not very good at, at restaurant conflict or whatever. I don't like to, I don't like to complain. Um, and actually I had an experience yesterday with snow shoveling. So all, all, um, season they say my next door neighbor at the studios been their snow shoveling company has been using a vehicle of some sort on the sidewalk. So it goes across and then they, they leave the vehicle, they leave the sidewalk on my property. So there's been like these mounds of snow on my property because that's where they're kind of pushing it to. Um, and they've also like knocked my decorative rocks and clogged the gutter where the, where it's supposed to melt. So I get there and, and I shovel myself and I have to shovel and I get all mad about it because, but I haven't said anything. Well, yesterday we got a whole lot of snow. So I was mad, took a picture, sent it to the property manager and said, please talk to your snow removal company. But I, and then I shoveled it all, but there was still a big problem in the gutter that they had left. And all of a sudden I see them arrive behind, in the build, behind the building to shovel the back. Mm -hmm. And I normally don't do this, but I was like, oh heck yes. I went back there and I said, you guys, 
you have to stop dumping your snow on my property and having me clean it up. That's not okay. Whatever snow removal you're doing has to be contained to the property you're working with and moved out of the way. And they, none of them spoke English except for one person. So they all kind of just looked at me like, what did she just say? But then they came and remedied the gutter. They cleaned the gutter out and they were, you know, they were apologetic. I wasn't rude, but that I was unusual for me to get so aggressive about it. You know, I was like, this is not okay. Um, and it isn't. And I, you know, should be quicker to do that. But to me, I feel like that's conflict avoidance and I, and fear of rejection, like them telling me your experience is not right. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, this is fine that we do this. You should just that be more gaslighting. Well, the gaslighting would be the act of telling me that it wasn't, I wasn't right, but invalidating. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm telling this story because I'm wondering what you think about, um, I don't know, like what have you been taught from my example, dad's example, energetic awareness example about the concept of being authentic, being yourself versus not. I think um, there's a lot of time. It's really difficult to be authentic with your personality. Like you can be authentic, but I still think there's always going to be something that you're uh, suppressing. I think there's a lot of emotional suppressing that happens all the time. For me or everybody in general? Uh, for I think a lot of people have it. Okay. I can't speak for other people, but I think that I definitely do it based on the situation. Everybody has to tailor their emotions. Okay, so you feel like you have there's only certain emotions that are allowed? Not even allowed, but more how expressive you are. Okay. Like if you're at work, you are, you're supposed to be subtle. You're supposed to be um, contained. Mm -hmm. Like not having extreme emotions, not really getting upset. Um, and then at home, I think it's similar. Like there's an expectation across the board. Well, so there's so there's you know in in the work I do, I very much teach people about their their emotional guidance and how their emotions are guiding them and trying to encourage them to kind of ride that that, uh, that wave of up and down as naturally as they can because when you suppress it, then it builds up and then you have big, big sweeping emotions, right? So do you, I mean, do you think if you could just more be more regulated and expressive just whenever it comes up, it doesn't have to be such a big thing that has to be tempered? Yeah, and I think it's hard for a lot of people to be expressive until it's impossible not to express. Yeah. I think that's the, um, the, I think that's where the introvert extrovert comes into play. Like what you are based on that defines how expressive you are. So I, so I guess back to my original question, which is what did you learn energy awareness wise or from the, being in the household you grew up in about this whole concept? Um, I think that I was, we were taught that we could express our emotions no matter what. And we weren't like, there wasn't a lot of the gender stuff where they're like, you have to be manly. You have to be well put together. And there wasn't a lot of that. No, I mean, it's not, not in regards to emotions, but, but your father does use it in reference of work ethic, <laughs> which is, which is sometimes misguided in the statements of saying things like man up. Right. <laughs> when you're not, not taking responsibility for something. And I think that's trained. Yeah. You say person up. Yeah. <laughs> you're adult. 
<laughs> or something else besides man up maybe yeah i mean i definitely i mean don't i mean the gender you know intentionally was not just energy awareness on my part but i intentionally did not want to raise men who were had toxic masculinity that was a very intentional choice on my part was to make sure that you weren't learning that and I think there still is some societal stuff that has, you guys have picked up because there are certain things that you guys do that I'm like and I, I think there's some primal parts of that I don't know that it's primal I think that's tell, tell me what you think which parts are primal um I think then like just the drive to be competitive is a huge one. Oh, okay. I think there's a lot more competitive nature. Like, I don't know, in terms of physical fitness, I think it's a big one because there's, I want to be bigger and stronger than all the other guys. And I think that goes into play at school all the time. And that's why sports exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. That's interesting. Wanting to be bigger and stronger. Um, but what yeah, I think it's an alpha. It's an alpha thing. Okay, I can see that. I mean, it's, you know, competitive. I, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with competition, but energy, energetically speaking, you know, it's it, it, the external drivers are kind of should be secondary to the internal ones if you're talking about manifesting or creating a life that's authentically aligned with you. Not to do it just because you're competing with your cousin. Or and because, you're saying that because if it gets stripped away, then you just don't have the ability anymore, right? Right, and and you create a life based on some, what some, you think it should be, and not what it actually wants to be. Right? I mean, if I, um, you know, go up the corporate ladder as fast as I can, which I totally did this. I mean, I don't know who I was in competition with necessarily. It was, but I to prove something, um, or about my worthiness or about who I am, and then later, yeah, I've discovered that that's not what defines me. It's kind of devastating. Whereas if you learn to define yourself first and go from that position and create, that can be, you can create a lot of more. I feel like you you get more momentum quicker and I feel like you get, you don't have to like do the whole like dark night of the soul thing necessarily. So in, inside drivers for manifestation, not external. Yeah. Well, and what do you think about that? I think that's a very good point. It's not like if you, have if you're relying on other people for anything then i think that you're kind of on crutches right because well, and i'm not saying we're social creatures i mean we're going to care what other people think about us we are going to want other people's praise and approval and noticing but i think that it's the whole just understanding that we want that and that's inherent in us that strips it away a bunch uh-huh well and to accept that that's part of us and to maybe let the people around us know that their opinion matters. Like, I think sometimes you try to pretend like you don't care what people's opinions are because it hurts to find out that they're not approving of you. Yeah. I think that's partially true. And I think that there's also part of me that thinks they're wrong. Like I think that, that can't acknowledge that it's just a different opinion. Well, okay. Well, I mean, let's talk about my recent judgments of you. Yeah. Do you, do you think I'm wrong? Or do you think I'm just, I'm missing something? Does that good, indifferent, obstinate? 
Sorry, could you say that one more time? You kind of phased out for a second. So I'm just wondering how it makes you feel when I express what I'm seeing. Um, right now. Makes me feel maybe a little uncomfortable, but I think it's better to be more honest. And I think it, I appreciate that. Okay, so you appreciate my honesty. Do you want my approval? Yes, I think it, I think I do. Okay, do you want your father's approval? Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of times when people just don't want their parents' approval because they think less of them. Mm -hmm. And they think that they're superior. They think they're better than their parents? Yeah, I think there's a lot of times when that happens. Well, let's hope everybody's better than their parents, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> that's evolution. You want to be better and better, right? If I'm, if I am telling, I'm, I'm teaching you the best I can, and you're going to teach, learn from me and make it better. Although I will say that pretty every, pretty much every parent is afraid of messing up their kid. <laughs> and the ones that aren't afraid of that are the ones who get kids who get upset. Like, you know, if you're, I'm aware of my, that my impact on you is intense. You know, I'm aware that what I say to you, how we go, you know, that that is going to stick with you. Yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of people's opinions come from. Yeah. Is their parents and their impressionability, how impressionable they are. So I guess you're saying you 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 do find you do respect your parents. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. So, <laughs> um. Well, I mean, so I you know I kind of always want to keep us on the topic of like manifesting and energetics. Um. Do you, in your personal opinion, when you see it out, look out into the world at this point for you, are the people pleasers more successful? than the people who don't care about people pleasing? Mm, well, that's a hard question because I think that the people pleasers are successful visibly, but the people who aren't people pleasers are more successful exponentially. But then there's this okay. group that has no motivation that's all the way down at the bottom that are no that are completely rejectionist. They're just like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do what I want. But like I think people like Elon Musk, who just became the richest person in the world, is the opposite of a people pleaser. But your the general manager of a store is going to be a people pleaser. Well, so, uh, so I mean, you do look up to Elon Musk. I know you do, because I've heard you bring him up more than once. So you're paying attention to him. I think I appreciate his uh, candor, the way that he behaves. I, I don't appreciate some a lot of his opinions, because they're kind of extreme. But the type of person he is is just exciting. Tell me more, because I because I think that really and and are you the only one, or do your friends think the same thing? Yeah, they. I think a lot of people my age think the same thing because he's kind of a fly by the seat of my pants and be super successful kind of guy. Like he's like, I could whip this thing together and I'll make a million dollars off of it. Right, and I'll he does. And he doesn't go, well, there may be a corporation behind this, and and that I don't want to work hard. Yeah. Well, he goes, I, I want to sell a flamethrower. Can I sell a flamethrower? No, you can't sell a flamethrower. So he just does it anyways, makes a new company and makes $100 million off of it. But see, he has an intense intrinsic motivation. Yeah. But I think it's a against what's already built. I think he is a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He is a, um, I lost it. 
Uh, he's defiant against everyone in society. <laughs> he's like, you think you can do it better than me? Well, I, I can do it a lot better than everyone else. Well, there's some competitiveness again. But... Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So let's talk about your personal motivation. So my personal, what motivates me personally is, you know, is, well, and there's, there is like the top 10 motivators, right? And, and the top 10 motivators um, can be, you know, um, self-mastery, social connection, tangible rewards, which is like money, curiosity, purpose, playfulness, helping others, competition, recognition, and structure. So for me, social connection and curiosity for sure. Um, and I mean, helping others. If I feel like I'm helping, I want to do that. I want to do more of it. What do you think motivates you? I think that there is some aspect of me that has that uh, motivation where I'm just like anti, where I'm like, I think that I can do it better than what's being done right now. No competition. Yeah, there's competition, but I think it's based out of like this exasperation where I look at what's happening in a certain place and I'm like, oh my God, why is it so bad? Why are they doing such a bad job? So... Um, would that be being recognized or would that be having a purpose? Yeah, I think having a purpose is a big part of it and feeling like there's some impact. Okay. And seeing a place where I feel that I could have impact is a big motivator. If I feel like I can, then I'm more likely to. Okay. Hmm, interesting. So if you can't, you won't even try? I think that there's part of me that does think like that, but I think that, that I can get around that. So avoiding failure, let's make that our next topic, failure. That is a really good one, avoiding failure. <laughs> failure and avoiding it. Write that down so we remember to talk about that. <laughs> All right, you guys, we're out of time today. We so very much love talking to you guys, and we, and we appreciate our viewers and our listeners. And if you guys have comments or, or questions or a topic request or something like that, feel free to to post it um, now or whenever you find us, okay? All right, take care everyone. Have a great rest of the day.